Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Mike Stelsner. He's the author of Launch, How to Quickly Propel Your Business Beyond the Competition. He's the creator of the wildly successful social media examiner website and the host of Social Media Marketing Podcast. And he's also the producer, I think that's the right term, of Social Media Marketing World, uh, a conference held in March in San Diego. So, Mike, thanks for joining me. John, thanks so much for having me. And, and actually uh, rejoining me. Uh, I think when your book launch came out, uh, you were on the show as well. Yeah, I believe so. This is yeah. my second time on the show. Thanks. At, at least second. I, 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 we might go back to white paper days even. Oh, though. you're right. <laughs> it's third time, actually. <laughs> I've been doing this way too long, I think. Uh, or no, you know, maybe. Anyway, so um, I want to start off by uh, giving a little bit of, for those people, again, your site is, I, I can't imagine there are too many of my listeners that aren't familiar with it, but I wonder if you could just give us a minute or two of kind of the the history and trajectory of, of Social Media Examiner and, and really how, in your mind, that became such a must-read uh, website. Well, I launched it in October of 2009, back when Facebook was public for maybe a little more than a year. And back then, you know, I was a nobody in the world of social media. I was a guy that wrote a book on writing, and uh, as you alluded to earlier. So I, you know, was entering a very crowded space, one of the things that I immediately noticed was that most of the people talking about social media weren't really um, delivering the how-to de- details. They were just kind of expressing their discontent with Facebook and the other social networks, <laughs> much like many of them do today. And um, I just decided to bring together some of the best talent in the world, interview them on camera at trade shows, and also encourage many of my writing friends to write detailed how-to content. The Social Media Examiner exploded. And almost became, just in a matter of months, we had almost 10,000 people on our email newsletter list. And fast forward to today, we're about four years and a couple months old. And last year, we had seven and a half million people, uniques, um, read Social Media Examiner. Well, and, and it's blossomed into, I already mentioned your podcast, um, it has probably come from you know building that audience. But, but really, in a lot of ways, this physical event that you put on social media marketing world, in my mind, is made possible, or, or I should say, made successful in a lot of ways because you have that that audience in that community. Absolutely, I mean, in the end, I've always been a proponent that you have to first have you know readers or eyeballs or listeners in order to do anything. And I knew that when I launched Social Media Examiner, that if I could do what I had done before in the white paper world. I would have a really large following upon which I could frankly do anything. And the conference, the physical conference, I think is probably the ultimate manifestation of that because um, it really is like kind of our creme de la creme thing that we offer. Yeah, and so um, March 2014, so many of the people this uh, this show was published uh, prior to that, so many people listening to this uh, can still get in on that that conference. And I uh, happen to be lucky to have been invited to speak at that. So uh, I'm, I'm looking, I <laughs> look at, well, I, I, I did get invited back. You're right. So I must have not messed up too badly. Um, but uh, one of the things I, I think that's interesting, uh, there's no question that um, there's a lot of conferences out there, um, a lot of people vying for ticket dollars and sponsor dollars and uh, attendees and all those things. And uh, it seems to me like your 
conference really uh, and again uh, you know I'm, I'm there are tickets available still but uh, they certainly are selling at a premium price at a value price um, and I, I, to me I think a lot of it has to do obviously this community you've built but also I think you really have a very solid marketing plan behind uh, promoting an event and it's different than getting email subscribers and I, so I thought it might be kind of interesting to hear your take on really, you know, how you have created uh, and and sold that show um, in a in a time really when some people are maybe struggling to do so. Yeah, well, it's a it's a wonderful question. I mean, I I think deep down I'm a I'm a promoter, and um, I, I'm just beginning to realize that <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that I think uh, go into promoting something, uh, especially a physical event, and we employed so many different things. Obviously, the unique value proposition is part of it, right? So um, we knew that having a conference in San Diego in the spring when it's kind of cold everywhere else is kind of a value proposition within its own right. Yeah. But we also knew that we had built over years relationships with a lot of great people like yourself, John. And we knew that um, if we could get uh, a lot of people that people look up to to come to this event, that people would want to meet them in person. So part of the marketing of this conference is the um, kind of the, the networking side of it. And I think that is the unique differentiator. And we kind of sew the networking message into everything that we do. So, for example, you know, we have a slogan, networking, discovery, and fun. Um, nearly every message we have everywhere really, really plays up the networking side of it, despite the fact that we've got brilliant content from people like you. But some of the things that we've done, John, that I think are, are different are we created a really high production value video. Mm -hmm. And if you go to our sales page, you see, first thing you see is this massive video that takes up a lot of real estate on the space showing the skyline of San Diego. And when you watch the video, you know, we just kind of lay out in video form four reasons why someone ought to attend. So, I mean, you know, as a sales guy, um, people need to be given a reason why they should you know, spend as much money as they're going to spend to fly to San Diego. So I think using the use of video is perhaps one of the, the first things that a lot of people that, that are trying to promote something and generate excitement with it often overlook. I'll tell you another thing that you do, and I know you know that you do this, but, uh, you know, a lot of people think, okay, we've got a conference in March, and so let's hit, you know, we got that 60-day window. Let's work backwards from there. And and you're you're actually building excitement for this conference six, eight months before it happens. And, I, and quite frankly, I don't see anybody else doing that or being able to sustain that. I agree. I mean, um, we, we have a very sophisticated marketing plan that we put in place. And each particular month, we have a different objective. For example, during the recording of this, it's February, and our objective this month is to focus on giving the limelight to the speakers. Uh, last month was January and was focusing on the weather, you know, and come where it's warm. Mm. And we have a thematic kind of theme of all of our marketing every single month leading up to this. But we do have a six-month promotional cycle, and we tend to sell out because we start so far in advance. Another cool thing that we do John, which I think is totally unique, is the way we use Twitter. Um, we, first of all, people, if they didn't love the conference, if the speakers and the attendees didn't enjoy their experience here, which is part of the marketing, they would, this, none of this would work, right? Because right, right. <laughs> part of what we do is we, we kind of create buzz marketing campaigns where we encourage people 
at the point of purchase to tweet that they're attending the conference. And we include our hashtag in that. And we also encourage, you know, we encourage tweets in so many different ways. We've even got this thing called shout out tweets, which you may have seen. But um, after someone purchases a ticket, um, we have every single speaker um, hotlinked. And if you click on the name of a speaker, it generates a custom tweet that says, hey, uh, at duct tape, looking forward to meeting you in person at Social Media Marketing World. I don't know if you've received any of these yet. Well, well you mean I, people weren't just doing that out of the blue to send me notes? Uh, now I'm hurt. <laughs> hurt that this was part of a marketing campaign. Here I thought they were just showering personal love on me. It wasn't a marketing <laughs> campaign, John. Instead, it was every single speaker, and we said, we said give a shout-out to your favorite speakers. Yeah. It clicked on the name, and boom, um, and the hashtag was in that. And yeah. all that stuff is aggregated into a Twitter widget that we have not just on the event page, but on every single page of Social Media Examiner. So literally right now as we're talking, I'm looking at tweets that people are doing. Some are from our, you know, click to tweet campaigns and others are just random tweets, but there's serious buzz already now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been going on for months and all that stuff we aggregate into a little Twitter, Twitter widget that just keeps getting more and more excitement and energy level going. Well, there's a great little tip. If you want people to do something like share or spread the word, make it as easy as possible for them to do so. And, uh, and you'll get, you'll get, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. You know, as I listen to you talk about this and I, and I know that you have written about it on social media examiner and, and done videos on it. Uh, it, it really, you're talking about a conference, but uh, a new product launch, uh, a book launch. I mean, all of these things could, could really take uh, almost this exact path. Couldn't they? Absolutely. I mean, the kinds of things we're talking about could be used for launching, frankly, anything or promoting anything. And um, all anybody has to do is listen is just think a little bit outside the box. Yeah. For example, if you've got, you know, customers that are registering for a free ebook, why not on the uh, thank you page, encourage them to click to tweet their excitement about the fact that they just got the ebook and pre-write the tweet for them. And then Include a link that drives right, right back to the sales page. I mean, to the reg page, you know, the lead generation page. So, yeah, these kind of techniques and stuff are um, apl applicable to just about anything. Yeah, I had a friend that opened a restaurant. And, you know, restaurants take a long time uh, to get open. And so six, eight months prior to opening, uh, she started holding these events and, and cooking classes. And uh, this happened to be a restaurant that cooked in a, a certain style of uh, raw vegan um, food. And so there was a lot of interest in people, you know, about this food, about how it was prepared, you know, all the ways to, to make stuff taste a certain way. And so she just started holding these classes and bringing speakers in and doing all kinds of stuff before she had any way to get any money uh, out of anybody. It was really just community building. And uh, she did actually start to sell um, almost crowdfunding uh, for the restaurant. People could buy these very large uh, gift certificates and they got, you know, like 50% more in, in total value, you know, for their, for their purchase. But uh, the point is, you know, when she finally opened the door, she wasn't then having to say, okay, how do we get people to come? She already had built this community that was just amped and ready, ready to come. And I think there's a lesson in that for, for a lot of businesses. And a quick tip here, you know, whenever I'm launching anything, uh, you know, whether it be a new podcast or, or anything for that matter, uh, I send an email out to my list, and in the email I say, um, for example, when I launched mykidsadventures.com, which is a parenting blog, um, you know, I said, you know, in the email, check it out, and I said, by the way, whether you, you know, are a parent or not, would you help us spread the word by clicking here, or here's a pre-crafted tweet, you know yeah. what I mean, and, yeah. and just yeah. making it super easy because not everybody is necessarily interested in what you have to offer, but they might feel like um, you've 
that you know that that maybe you've done so much goodwill for them that they wouldn't mind helping you out, and that kind of stuff goes a long way. Yeah, and that's a great point too. I mean, if you're providing consistently providing value like you do in your your newsletters and in your blog posts and stuff, people as a way to repay you almost in some in some instances, you know, feel like, hey, I, I you know, I, I need to do this. You you know, this is this is how I can exchange or do you some value. So, um, I, I don't think you should. As long as you're producing and creating value, you should never be afraid to ask. Let's um, let's talk a little bit about uh, just social media in general. Uh, obviously, you've been covering it for quite some time, very extensively. You you know provide so much you know in depth coverage on what's coming, what's going, what's new. Uh, how do you see? This is a really dumb question because we've been asking it every year, um, and there is no real answer. But but what do you see as kind of the future of social media? You know, there was that period where. It was like its own thing, you know. It's kind of like when we first got on the web. It was like your website was a was a separate part of your business, and and a lot of people I think treated social media that originally, and it's now very clear that it's it's really actually how we integrate and, and converge uh, all the things that we're doing. But but what do you see as as really the, the the future of social media, particularly for a lot of audience, my audience, your small business? Well, I, first of all, social media has clearly changed the way businesses market, promote, sell, you know, in, in a pretty radical way, probably the most radical way that, you know, we've seen since the invention of the internet, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it's only continuing to change. I, some of the, some of the near horizon things we're beginning to see is with the big social networks, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn becoming public companies that are now accountable to shareholders. We're seeing a lot of the, um, hold back, if you will, of functionality to paid advertisers. Mm. Said another way, Facebook, for example, chooses not to show your content as much unless you're willing to pay. And we're going to begin to see more and more of that across the big three. And, you know, Google Plus right now is the exception to that. And I think that this is unfortunate because this is the beginning of uh, a day and age of a shift in social media where it used to be this great inexpensive tool now all of a sudden you've got to pay to play and i think that this is not likely to change at all in the future so we're seeing the social networks become more like true media companies you know what i mean and they're basically yeah. no no different than than print and radio and television which is rather unfortunate now i think the solution to this for most small businesses is to also look at this from an, from the other angle from the consumer adoption side it you know it's not decreasing it's increasing and the kinds of things that are making their way into our newsfeed are content for example facebook just came out with their paper app right, right. which is essentially trying to become the newspaper the daily app that you load to discover what's going on in your world and this is facebook's play to show that content aggregation is where they're headed so what does this mean i, I think what this means to small businesses is that we have an incredible opportunity to create content on a platform that we can call our own. And in my opinion, there's only two options, blogging and podcasting, mm. because they're distributed through RSS feeds that you control. Even YouTube, I think, is a tricky thing because in the end, they could change the rules and all of a sudden you don't really have anything. So moral of the story here is it's even more important now, more than ever, to create content that is shared via social media so that you will be discovered organically. Because Facebook has made it clear if you have a Facebook page, you're going to have to pay to play. But if consumers share your content via social, 
and that stuff becomes popular, that stuff will continue to, to, to drive traffic back to your website. So the development of great content that is highly shareable and the enablement of social sharing becomes the, I think, golden ticket to success in the future with social media. Yeah, in some ways, um, do, do we run the risk on these social networks of them just becoming a channel, another channel for big brands to pay and broadcast? Well, uh, yes, but like I said, I think the alternative is that um, tens, hundreds, or thousands of people sharing videos, images, audio podcasts, or you know, blog posts is not going to change. If anything, it's only going to increase. And this is why you're seeing so much of the social net, all the social networks like LinkedIn with their, what used to be called LinkedIn today, I think it's called Pulse and mm -hmm. Facebook now with their paper app. They're all getting on the content marketing bandwagon. And I think that um, it's going to be the, you know, if, if all the content turns into avatarial, then no one's going to ever use the apps and everyone's going to leave. So they have to satisfy the yeah. needs of the consumers. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always going to be the, the pushing or the broadcasting of advertisements through the channels. And I think what's going to happen is what happens with every medium, people begin to ignore. They fast forward. They, you know what I mean? Whatever they need to do to get to the content. And, um, but I do think for the small business owner, the golden lining is if you invest in creating content that you call your own um, and you just let your fans promote that, that's the way you're going to be able to succeed with social media. And rather than trying to build a community on social and yeah. call it your own. Yeah, and, and I think that actually, you know, there was a day where, where paid advertising was, was or, you know, outbound marketing was, was really not effective. And I, I think now that we all get this idea of, of inbound marketing and of building content, I think it's actually made outbound marketing more successful than ever. Uh, if, you're, if you're using your advertising and your paid media to drive people back to great content, um, I think that that is a very effective use or spend of of paid media, and then and then social media or you know what what I think a lot of people are calling earned media, the the, the ability for people to share, um, I think becomes the glue to kind of make all that stuff converge. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I mean, we've never paid to advertise any of our content. It's just all been organic. Yeah, and um, we've got a massive following, so you don't have to you know. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to using a little bit of money to boost something. Like if you've got something that's hot and you're willing to invest a little bit of money to boost it, I'm not opposed to it. It's just not my thing. And, you know, I'm a small business owner, probably not all unlike most of the people that are listening right now. Yeah. So the good news is you don't have to pay, you know, very much or anything at all. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, yeah, so the future is going to be more and more features that are just for the payers, I guess, is where I'm going with this. I think you're going to see a lot of things that are not going to be accessible for your, you know, non-paying customers uh, on a lot of these social networks. And frankly, a lot of us will be forced to make a decision. Do we, do we decide to invest money and possibly be left behind or do we just ride the, the coattails of our organic content? Yeah. So, so, um, I know that you guys on, on Social Media Examiner cover tons of tools and the newest changes. In fact, you've got that weekly feature of just kind of a roundup of what's changed uh, during the week. Um, so I always, I, I hate to miss the opportunity to say, you know, what are a couple of your kind of favorite newish, everybody wants to hear about new stuff, <laughs> tools that, that, that you're either playing around with or, or you like or you're using? Yeah. Any you want to share? Yeah. Um, well, click to tweet.com yeah. has recently changed. Um, 
in a, in a, in a, in a positive way. So if you go to clicktotweet.com, you can literally type in any tweet and URL and then generate a, a new URL. And they've added analytics on the back side of these. So this is really kind of cool because if you, um, for example, want to hot link certain parts of your blog post or you want to create uh, what I call verbal tweets. So if you go to like socialmediaexaminer.com slash love, you'll see what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, these kind of things now provide tracking analytics on the back side, um, which I think is kind of cool. Also, one of the cooler things that I've recently discovered is a Twitter chat client called tchat.io. And it's a very, very real-time Twitter chat client that I've just recently discovered in the last couple of weeks. And, and it's awesome because it's very little latency. You know, if you've ever used a lot of other mm -hmm. tweet clients, they take forever for the actual tweets to show up. And this thing is practically real time. So there's, those are just a couple of things that I've been experimenting with um, in the last couple of weeks that I think are kind of cool and exciting on the social frontier. Awesome. Well, Mike, always great to have you on and looking forward to seeing you out in San Diego on one of those boats uh, in social media marketing world and really appreciate you taking the time to, to stop by and uh, share your thoughts on marketing and social media. John, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. 